Simon rented um, or lent me his car because I didn't have my own and I actually crashed on the on the highway by falling asleep. Welcome to the Swisspreneur Show, a podcast about startup stories and learnings from experienced entrepreneurs. Here's your host, Sylvan. Matthias, a warm welcome back to the second episode. It's a pleasure to have you again. Hey, thank you. And uh, looking forward to this second topic now. So today we're going to talk about staying healthy as a founder. I think a topic that is often overlooked or neglected in terms of success for the company, for the greater good or sacrificed even. So generally speaking, from your observations, are Swiss founders staying healthy? Very interesting question. And I, of course, I have um, no um, rationale or um, no um, justification to answer this question. Um, I think in general, um, Swiss people have quite a high um, awareness what what health is and what healthy behavior is. Um, and it's not just um, correlated to money, even though there is certainly a correlation. But if you look at um, where our food um, food is, um, what the, what the, the organic food is, how much exercise people do. I think we have a, a good level overall in Switzerland, and then probably there should be also a good level in this in the Swiss founder um, ecosystem. Fair point. You know, it's often said that if entrepreneurs want to succeed, and I mean, you've been yourself in these shoes. They have to wave goodbye to a work-life balance. They have to sacrifice uh, they, their sleep or their movement, their balance sports, at least to a certain degree, especially in the early days. Do you think that this is true? Is this a fair assessment? Well, first of all, I'd like to um, uh, correct you or say I don't, I don't like the, the term uh, work-life balance. Um, I think we only got one life, uh, each, each of us. And, uh, and and work is is part of that. And it's not against life or on the balance uh, yes. to life. So there is, is one thing. And then, um, of course, uh, um, you know me, I know you, we have an um, athlete background. We know how important food, workout, sleep, right mindset is to perform. And in the end, and a lot of the entrepreneurial journey is also about performing. Mm-hmm. And I think it's 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 the base and, and we cannot neglect that. Um, we can for, for certain short periods of time, but uh, quite often, as we as we know, it's not just a sprint, but it is more a marathon. And that's why you, you need to consider um, all these, those um, health aspects. Yeah, I think in that regard, it's also important. Often, I think that people think, hey, performance is actually a synonym or equal to being healthy, but that's actually not the case. So I wonder what does health actually mean to you? Um, let, let me use a framework which is, is very useful in my mind and I, I refer to that uh, with big pleasure and it's by, by Peter Tia. By the way, Peter Tia is a, is a physician, a doctor um, from the US who does now a lot of research, great broadcasts, great content on health, longevity um, and, and all these topics. And he says, look, there are like five categories um, within health. And one is, is, is the mind. You need a working mind to be healthy. There is the body part, but again, 
we will talk about it's not about a performing body but a healthy body mm -hmm. and the third one is a very important especially for founders that's the stress tolerance um uh, and, and how you can improve that or or get better at it third one is um have a a sense of purpose. Mm -hmm. um, it just it's shown um, um, uh, statistically that people who have a, a purpose in their life they live a healthier life. And then the last one is, is social contacts. We are social beings, and so that's an important part for our well-being and health as well. Great. So let's focus on all of these five aspects. Maybe start with the last one: social support. I mean, we heard a bit about your personal background in in the first episode. So. Where do you get the social support? What does it actually mean? Um, let's let's first highlight maybe the social support while being a startup because you practically your life um, is work, mm -hmm. um, and that means you need to have your social contacts as well in in your work. So you, I think it's a good idea that actually your partners, your employees, um, maybe some of your clients. Maybe some of your investors, not all, but some of them <laughs> can be personal friends as well. Yeah. That's already giving you a lot of that social contact. And, and you know, if, if you look them at them as only professional relationship, you don't want to have private relationship. It's probably going to have a negative impact on your well-being and health. Yeah. So that's that's one point. Secondly, um, if you already have a family like like I did, there is other social groups which are not correlated to work. Mm -hmm. And probably with them, you should not be always talking about your startup. So keep some relationship um, also um, um, as, as they are. Um, yeah. But but we have young founders listening to us today, or we had them in your episode, where practically their social network, their social interaction is is their work, and that's completely okay. But if there is other aspects, which uh, like like family, I think it's it's super important to also have their very healthy relationship. That's big brings back benefit to your own personal health. You know, when you were so focused and doubled down on Kumram, how do you take care of your social support, of your social network? Did you have like date nights with your wife or did you have like social events that you specifically planned for in, in, in your calendar? How do you make sure that you don't forget about that part? Well, I I had a lot of nights with my family, meaning I came home, they were already sleeping and, and I got up again and, and left. So that was not, it's not a good part, but it was important for the family that they knew that I was, was, was at home mm -hmm. for the night. Um, no, it's, it's a good point. And we definitely did not um, take that into account too much. Um, every now and then, Barbara, my wife and I, we had um, things we did, or then we, we took out some some special occasions. And I would like to recall one in February 2017, actually, you know, six months before, before the exit. There was a, a fintech week organized by Swiss Next India, um, taking care place in Bangalore and, uh, and Mumbai. And I said, hey, look, Barbara, that's the opportunity. Mm -hmm. um, the parents-in-law, her parents, they look after the kids. And we go 10 days on a business trip. Um, but there was a lot of um, relationship life as well. And then, you know, how connected everything is. We actually did not stay with the, 
with the fintech group all week, but we had friends um, running actually Swissnext so we could stay with their family. So there was a lot of social interaction in that regard as well. Mm-hmm. And then again, for example, Mike Holtmeyer from Worth, um, previous uh, investor was there. So there was also connection. It was a bit outside the company, mm-hmm. but not mainstream super focus on on the business but from a social contact thing very good from a relation perspective good and then of course all the others and flavors of india and the different yeah. lifestyle also helps you on the, on the health side and the good food as well i can uh, i can imagine yeah so basically you can also play that you know busy entrepreneur lifestyle to your strength you can combine different aspects and then try to make actually more out of that change the environment change the people that you are traveling or going around with Exactly. And I, I did that to a big extent. I think on the social side, because of my foreign exchange year, of my travel experience, um, I, I, I think that is one strength of myself. For example, whenever I went to London or other cities for business purpose, I never stayed in a hotel room. I almost never booked an Airbnb for having my own apartment. I always chose the cheapest one, but also the socially most interesting one. Just having a room in a big living community actually because that you know new contacts i mean every now and then no one was home and i had just Uh, had my room but Uh. but you know this this adds um um, other aspects for me this social contact is super important and and being by myself on a business trip in a hotel room that's depressing and something i would rather not do interesting for me sometimes the opposite where i also like to have some peace and quiet moments it's funny. Some people ask me that as well because at home I could, you know, not sleep with the three little girls at home. Right. Um, so, um, but but for me, I actually sleep better if I have just a short social interaction with someone. Um, just having this, I I I grew up without TV, so I'm not used to watch TV and then have a good night of sleep. Mm-hmm. So for me, having a good conversation and then go to bed yep. is 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 probably the best way and then we're already touching about the field of uh, of sleep where we go to but right. uh, on the social interaction is uh, is important and yeah. it's it's not tiring for me cool yeah in that regard i also wonder i know that you know many founders they have their cell phones with them they are basically always on you probably also have a lot of business topics on your mind when you get home to your partner to your kids how do you deal with that? Like, do you then purposefully say, okay, I put the phone away. I don't work or think about business right now. Or how do you manage? Because sometimes you feel needed. You have some topics and issues to solve. On the other hand, you also want to be there and spend the scarce time that you have with your family in, in these moments the best way possible. So how do you deal with that? Um, I learned from uh, Japanese martial arts, you know, that they always, when they open the dojo, um, that they put down the, the daily life, they mm-hmm. pick up karate. And then once they're done practicing karate, they put down karate and pick up their daily life. So this is definitely would be a good ritual. Am I capable of doing this? No, no. Um, what helps is if this other situation you go into is so intense that you not 
that you don't even have the, you know, that your your mobile phone is out of reach, out of mind. Yeah. And with the little kids, this is definitely the case. They take you so much into. So that was, yeah. it was a big stress factor. We talked about that later, but it's also, it, it, it just changes your mind from one minute to the other. Mm-hmm. And again, that's, that's healthy. That's good. Yeah. Cool. I like that. And if you don't have kids yet who can give you that distraction or that focus, um, probably just deactivating notifications or deleting Slack and email apps probably also help in the beginning. Start karate and use a dojo who doesn't have uh, enough connectivity for your mobile phone. Good idea, yeah. Um, One last question on this social support uh, topic. You know, many people also say, you know, personal relationships are so crucial, probably one of the most important things in life. I also wonder, is there... It's very individual, but is there also any certain number that you say, hey, you can have a deep and good relationship with five people, like five friends, or should you aim higher or lower? Any thoughts on the number or the the, the amount of good quality relationship you should build? It's a super question. It's individual. I think there are numbers and I know you like numbers. (laughs) For me, I probably can have um, super close relationship with a lot of people. Um, I mm-hmm. think a, a good average number is for like a couple or, or an individual should be like between five and 10 close friends in this inner circle. Yep. I think I can actually handle 30 to 40. Wow. Um, some people might say, yeah, but you're more superficial because you spend too much time in the US. So you, <laughs> it's never that deep for me. And it's all, you know, it's always bi-directional. Sure. They're deep enough. And I, yeah. I would, I always, when I, you know, when I, for my wedding or for parties, when I have to list and reduce the numbers, I kind of always get stuck with these 30, 40 people I need to have around yeah. me. Nice. Yeah. So it's a very individual thing, but I think it's good to reflect on that and identify what's the right number for you. Absolutely. And, and in the founder's life, and you know, when you have to reduce those spare time, free time contacts, yeah. then you need to know who actually are your best friends and, and keep those relations going no. if if you need them. And I highly recommend that. And, you know, again, I think it's like in my case that my best friend was also my co-founder and Simon. We spend anyway so much time together. That's, you know, yeah. helpful as well. Absolutely. So let's also talk about the other point that you mentioned, sense of purpose. How do you find your purpose in life that kept you going? <laughs> Well, again, there is a natural one with with the kids. You know, I I, I tell you that's yeah. well, that's the, the birth of the first child, and then the second and third. That's then you don't have to answer that question of purpose because you feel it, you yeah. see it, you hold them in your arms, and you know why why we are here. Nice. Um, and then, as I said, the other one for me is really uh, being aware that we only have one life, that we want to make most of it, that these social interactions, that you can make others' life better than your own gets better. It's it's all around that. And, and in the end, you know, hopefully we're on the right track to to, to not destroy our planet. And uh, because I don't believe we find enough uh, SpaceX companies to actually move us to other, and, and that's, that's my purpose. And then the other ones, um, like being a, a, an entrepreneur, creating um, wealth, etc. That's that comes way after. Okay. 
you know, if, if someone is like, you know, just graduating from university, for example, doesn't have a family yet and just is a bit lost, you travel very broadly and all over the globe. You know, what would you recommend them to do to also really identify the purpose or what's really driving them? Should they just go out and try or what would you recommend them? Yeah, I mean, it, it doesn't need to be traveling. I mean, mm -hmm. for some people, it's um, it, it's reading. It's 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 really more in the books or or writing. Have writing friends, you know, that you can actually, because um, it's not everyone likes to talk like we do now. Sure. Um, but I think trying out and and experiencing different interaction and you know digging mm -hmm. deep in other people's mind in other hearts, it it shows you in the end a lot about yourself, um, and. For, at least for me, it's always more interesting to hear someone else's stories in life because I know my own. Mm -hmm. And in the end, it's still, I benefit a lot of it because I can relate to or I can differ from yeah. and I get to know myself better um, when interacting with others. Got it. So in that regard, let's move to the stress tolerance, the next area. Um, probably something that you had to deal with quite often as an entrepreneur. So tell us, what did you do? What what does stress tolerance mean, and how can you actually get better and practice it? Um, it's, I mean, the stress. You know, we always have to differ between the short term stress and the long term. And so mm -hmm. the short term, you know, is when before you go on a big stage, you give a pitch um, or if the table tooth tiger is coming around the corner, that's short-term stress. You have to avoid <laughs> it. You have to get over it. Yeah. And then usually there is relief afterwards and the entire system of your body recovers well. If you're still alive after the tiger attacks exactly. you. Or the, or the pitch in front of the investor. True. I, I yes. think these days that's, that's the more real danger for Fair entrepreneurs. Yes. Um, but then the, the dangerous one is the chronic stress, you know, that is actually always pressing on your shoulders and, and you know, comes with a lot of um, hormones and, and chemicals in your body who actually do harm. And, and you need to to get rid of that chronic stress. Um, and I think with, with that, you first have to realize that you're stressed in the first mm -hmm. place. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, reacting to different people in a very angry emotional way all the time it's probably a sign of stress but also your body if you cannot find sleep or you wake up in the middle of the night that's another other typical sign or your or your mind wanders off um, places when you should be focused yeah. then it's the first um, you know and and it can lead these days and i'm glad we're talking now about this about burnout etc um chronic stress is is a first indicator and and of course to reduce that they're very is very individual again but again on, on these health topics like uh, doing exercise regularly finding regular sleep having the mm -hmm. right nutrition having the right social contacts um, um, being honest to yourself and your co-founders and team what is stressing you naming that um, is, is is definitely the first step mm -hmm. and then we should not ignore that there is also a genetic component to this that some people are just a lot more stress tolerant than others. And probably most of the founders, they have a really high stress tolerance DNA to actually cope with it. Otherwise they can could not be in that position. Yeah. 
Did that ever affect you when you were very active, uh, you know, building your company? Were you ever, you know, stressed to a level where you felt, hey, this is actually not the way it should be, or this is actually getting uh, out of my hands to a certain degree? It, it's hard when you're in it. It's yeah. because I was aware that this is actually slowing you down. Mm -hmm. So you kind of also, you know, you try to balance that or ignore it to a certain level. And I mean, I sleep now two hours more than when I was at Qumran. So probably, yes, I was stressed. Um, was it unhealthy? Um, well, I, I think I came out right. Um, but there definitely were discussion with my wife. Um, are you still, you know, balanced enough are you but but I was I was lucky enough you never you know, never run into a burnout or actually never had a day when I got up in the morning and I just couldn't get up literally so yeah. I was always able to get out of bed quite early most of the time and go with an optimistic uh, mindset to work mm -hmm. um, but what I the point I want to make is as a as a founder in full drive and flow and in team um, especially if you create that great team dynamic, um, uh, it's always good to every now and then have a, like a mentor to step back and look at this uh, mm -hmm. because it builds up incrementally slow. It's not, you're not stressed and then you're highly stressed that goes yeah. step by step. And once, you know, you hit that threshold, it, it's actually dangerous for you, your company and your team. And so, yeah. Shoot out to 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 all founders. Uh, um, this is a threat. This is a real threat. That chronic stress um, will will get you. Um, and uh, yeah, talk talk to everyone who has been there. Um, uh, listen to people uh, carefully. If they say they had a burnout, um, you probably can learn from them most because they've been there. No. Yeah, I like this emphasis that you made, like it builds up slowly so you don't even recognize it. And I, I can also feel that sometimes you feel that you're so in the flow, you don't want to go to bed, you just want to build the next thing. And that might already be a small sign of, you know, if you do that too often or too much, there's already stress building up. You don't realize it because you feel you're in the flow, it's all good, you still recover well, but then suddenly the, the trigger goes to the other side and then you're in the bad spot, right? So I think that's really be aware of that and probably also, you know, plan some breaks in between, recover, recharge. So my question here is what helped you to, you know, take a step back and also really recover, reduce the stress that built up? Did you do anything or practice anything now? Well, back back in the days, I had one thing that was my pair of running shoes always came with me on my business trips. And uh, even though... I did not get enough sleep. I had this active recovery runs along mm -hmm. the the rivers of, of Barcelona and London <laughs> and everywhere. I like yeah. running next to the water or the coastline. Cool. So I did that and that was a ritual and I think it helped me. And it was quite often super early in the morning or late at night, um, but it either uh, helped me to, to get energy to go into the day um, or mm -hmm. release a lot of stress at the end of the day and actually find good sleep. Yeah. So, um, but it doesn't have to be running. Um, oh, well, I, yeah. there was actually another thing. Whenever I was home, there was the Friday morning yoga session, um, oh, which cool. from 5.30 to 6.30. And I started that at my um, 40th birthday. So it was two years into Qumran. 
and I actually and, and I'm still doing this and I'm glad nice. we're allowed to do this again now yeah. and uh, no there there are you know the more I think there are several things and and, and yes try to try to keep them mm-hmm. um, uh, probably most of of the founders they had a certain routine uh, before maybe it's back in their childhood um, also an important one you know is 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 good nutrition or yeah. or, or fasting or meditation you know there there's several things it doesn't always have to be a physical exercise yeah again here it's very individual try to find what's working for you yeah or 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 or, or be genetically so super stress tolerant <laughs> and you know even if you if you measure all your um, indicators of chronic stress they're always low yeah. then you're just lucky and, and you do what you what yeah. do you what you have to do But I probably, that's a bit similar to sleep, right? Where many people think, oh, I'm one of these exceptional people that need so little sleep. You're probably, it's statistically, it's just not very likely that you belong to these people. Exactly. And you can test that. How you can, as, as you can test, measure your cortisol level for, for stress. Right. You can go into a sleep lab and they will actually tell you quite accurately um, how much sleep you actually need. So don't yeah. don't lie to yourself being that Superman or Superwoman. Um, uh, Uh, rather take a see yourself as an average sleeper as an average person and and, yeah. and you're pr- probably better off i also have one more question regarding stress tolerance you know you've gone through different decades so i also wonder does it make it harder or easier when you get older like is it easier for you to cope and deal with stress if you're younger or is it even harder then like do you have any experience on on that Well, for me, it's still the, it's the most stressful decade, probably mentally, um, was from the age five to 15, when everything was well-defined and I just wanted to win in sports and school, every exam, every game, every track and field meet. That was the most stressful um, part. And maybe it's also where I realized that probably a professional athlete career is too stressful for me because mm-hmm. I'm such a bad loser and it's it's always about it's about winning. Yeah. Um, and then of course the the Qumran, the, the second part with the focus, yeah, that was that was stressful, but then I already had all my backpack and my my personality was evolved and I had coping strategies with that and back in the early yeah. days it was just stress and and no knowledge how to cope with it. Yeah. In that regard, also, you know, the stress that you experienced in in your young ages, you know, was that also to a certain degree that you felt that other people expected you to be good at school, to be good at sports, and that wasn't necessarily driven completely or fully by you? I don't believe so much in that. I think the biggest stress, it's always the stress you put on yourself. And for me, it was definitely true. No, I don't think anyone expected me to be that good and exceptionally good than, than myself. Yeah. yeah. Cool. So let's talk about the body. You know, talking about sports, that's uh, one important aspect there, but what belongs to the body? What do you need to take care of if you look at the body area? Um, well, I think um, it's also Peter Tia is there quite clear. He says three aspects. One is you need to have enough muscle mass, um, especially... Um, to prevent inflammatory disease um, like diabetes, um, but also to actually have um, a healthy body composition, 
we focus way too much on on losing fat or losing weight instead of building up uh, muscle mass. I think you're you're a good example of that. Really aware of that and, and doing a great job. Or just and, lucky with good genetics. Uh, Exactly. Again, then it helps. But I think everyone, you know, every, we've seen that now or we're seeing it with our room fit. Everyone can actually build up muscle mass in a reasonable amount of time. True. Um, a second one is is functional movement, which is mm -hmm. quite interesting that you can, that your joints, um, again, flexibility is also a lot defined by genetics, but you can do a lot. And, and, and especially when we get older, um, when we lose muscle mass and when we lose flexibility, it increases your well-being so much when you're flexible and when you're strong. And and third, and, and you know it's 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 a natural one, but we quite often forget it. It's it's be free of pain. Because yeah. body pain is just I'm yeah. sure you ex everyone, everyone listening, a headache. Sure. We all experience it. Yeah. And um if you need to make sure that you're most of the time free of pain. There's one really important thing that comes to mind. Naval always says on his podcast, you know, when it, whenever we are healthy, we have a thousand desires. We want to get rich, we want to get famous, all of that. When we're sick, that all doesn't matter. We just have one desire and get healthy again. I think that's so powerful to really understand the importance of being pain-free and also making sure that you stay that way. Yeah, no, it's I couldn't couldn't agree more. So in that regard, what can you actually do, you know, to, to be in a good spot there? Of course, you know, working out, is there any good workout regime that you recommend in terms of building muscles and, and also supporting your flexibility? I think these days, you know, it's, uh, there's so much you can do. The, the, the offers are so broad. Um, and, and then again, individual choice, um, Pilates, yoga, um, CrossFit, um, you know, whatever is appealing to you um, and and actually benefits you. So we know if after each workout you're a bit in pain, it's probably not the right workout. Yeah. Or if that pain stays on for too long. Right. If it doesn't help you to be more flexible, it's probably not the right thing to do. If yeah. you're not building up muscles, probably not the right thing to do. So always keep those three measures in mind yeah. and then pick something you enjoy doing on a regular base. But but please check back on these results. I think sometimes people tend to follow a bit the trendy stuff mm -hmm. and it might not be the best for their own body. I think it's also a very natural thing, right? Because we human always like to th have things, you know, easy, convenient. So there's a thing that is like way easier to burn fat than whatsoever. So I'm just going to follow that trend. And then three months later, I realized, oh, it didn't actually have a big difference. I probably should have stopped way earlier. Yeah. And then when you come to fat burn, then we're already in the nutrition topic. Exactly. Yeah. And dare I say it's the same. I mean, today it's quite easy to measure um, what type um, of, of a diet person you are. Mm -hmm. um, you know, you can do glucose ingestion measure the insulin reaction because i think on the on the carbohydrates there is the the, the biggest uh, misunderstanding because it's so trendy you know low carbs no carbs whatever carbs healthy carbs um make sure to know what how you can digest carbs and how you react to them and um i i mean there are 
doctors their tests in Switzerland, and it's 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 uh, well invest the money to actually figure that out. We did that with with the entire family. We can all all five of us we were quite good on carbs. That mean doesn't mean that we feed our kids sugar only, but it, it doesn't do as much harm as some parents think. That's that's the good news. Right? Carbs are not always bad. I mean, they're a they're a fast source of energy, and and kids need them, and but also adults need them to a certain degree, not all the time. Um, then don't focus too much on all the little supplement and vitamins. I mean, in the end, it's really we're built out. We need carbs. We need fat. We need proteins and get get that balance right first. Um, and, and then again, um, be aware um, in combination with the exercise, um, what what energy actually is used. You know, um, you can do a lot of sport with actually uh, burns fat, but you your body needs to get used to burning fat. So you need to go very slow, long, and it doesn't really matter if it's a long, long, long swim or a long, long, long walk or a long, long, long bike ride, but it has to be low intensity and long, and then you can burn fat easily. And, and all these things, um, I think we focus way too much on, you know, what is this other paleo diet or what is this fancy thing, like you said before, instead of getting the basics right. And I think it's an educational part, um, not just from for the parents, but also for our, our education system um, in nutrition and, and exercise, because that would increase um, the overall health and well-being of a society where entrepreneurs benefits as as the entire society as well exactly before we continue with the show we would like to introduce you to our new partner nuco nuco helps founders navigate the paperwork that starting a company involves from the first consultation all the way to the commercial register nuco has helped more than 900 entrepreneurs start their company and they do so at highly competitive prices to find out more, visit newco.ch slash Swisspreneur. Again, that's newco.ch slash Swisspreneur. And now, on with the show. In that regard, often we also hear about the term intermittent fasting. What role does that play when we talk about nutrition? It's a cool question. And I actually did not know about that before I started listening to Peter Tia. And, and actually it makes sense, you know, you just give your digestive system s certain breaks yeah. um, and intermittent fasting, uh, for example, this the, probably the most famous, the one I practice um, also most of the week is this 16-8. That means uh, for 16 hours, you don't take any calories at all. You drink tea, water, coffee, whatever, but without calories. And then for eight hours, you just eat normally. Uh, that gives your digestive system enough, enough of a break that and actually um, has a lot of health benefits um, um, on the wrong run. So I, I believe in that. Um, from the practical experience, my, my wife um, is always also trying this out. I think um, for, for female, it gets a bit more complicated with the hormones. Um, mm -hmm. I think their um, uh, girls, um, women have to be a bit more careful about longer periods of not eating or regular pre periods. Yeah. Makes yeah. sense. No, we, we often talk about food, but we also drink. So what should we drink? I always say water, coffee and beer is enough. 
<laughs> with an emphasis on beer at the end. <laughs> well, we're drinking water here, so that's, that's right. That. That's right. Um, um, again, liquid, liquid sugar, um, liquid carbs is really bad. Um, so try to try to avoid them um, because uh, they they just spike your insulin reaction and and actually for for all of us. Um, and so no. saying that putting um, sugar in a coffee might be good, but um, real good coffee tastes good without sugar. Um, um, <laughs> then on the on the third one, alcohol. I mean, it can have. A positive aspect on your on your well-being and health, especially in the social mm-hmm. um, context, because it for a lot of also in the business world, but also in private world. Sometimes, if you're a bit introverted, etc., it can help build up relationship quickly. And so, there is a positive aspect and a very social aspect to alcohol, which I always say is is important, especially if you like mm-hmm. um, uh, the taste of it and the feel. But of course, uh, it's a drug, so. Uh, there, if 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 you drink too much, there's an abuse, and then this has definitive negative aspects on several yeah. aspects of your life. No, you, I I understand the point that you shouldn't drink like sweet drinks with a lot of sugar in there. But there are of, of course also other drinks that have the taste but are artificially sweetened with aspartame and stuff. What about them? No, it's it's. I, I wouldn't say worse, but it's definitely not good either because it triggers same um, reaction, insulin reaction in your body. Mm-hmm. And um, it's, uh, no, just to try to naturally, I mean, we have a deficiency in, in, in short um, carbs. That's why we crave so much for sugar and for fat. That's um, from the evolutionary standpoint. But we got to, we got to change this habit and overcome these these carvings for, for sugar and, and fat. And that helps us a lot in the, in the nutrition aspect. And also here, uh, a book that I can really recommend is Der Ernährungskompass. It's in German, but that's like a really good summary of all, or not all, but many different studies out there about what to eat, what not to eat. And also really, you know, takes into consideration the different types that are out there. So he doesn't say carbs are bad, but there are people that react to carbs this way, people that react to carbs that way. So you have to understand that to accommodate that uh, for that in your diet. And I think that's a really good statement. Yeah, and I think we we talk so much about it that, you know, we have individual solutions for, for many aspects of our life. And, and, and the first foundation for that is get to know yourself and get to know yourself, how you're, you react to different um, situations, stress, but also what diet type you are. Um, what to what degree you are an entrepreneurial type, what kind of a team player you are. And, and yeah. you know, the more you know about yourself, the easier life gets, the healthier life gets, and probably the more fun life is. Exactly. And now really located at the intersection between body and mind is probably our sleep. So there's also a lot of wisdom out there. You know, you probably hear or see old school people where they still brag how little sleep they need. And then there are the other the sleep gurus that say, I need my eight to nine hours uh, a night. Otherwise, I don't go anywhere. So what is actually right? What is wrong? How can we actually, uh, you know, optimize and get our sleep in order? I think there we we still know the least, you know, how, how positive the right sleeping pattern is. Um, I, For me personally, it's really the regular sleep. Um, I... 
I believe that the hours before midnight are more valuable, even though that's probably an urban legend. But uh, <laughs> uh, I think so. No, it's just that I, I perform better in the morning, so I like to sure. get up early and, and go to yeah. bed early. Um, I think if, if, if you're a good power napper, you can actually do some power napping in between if you just do not get enough um, sleep. But in the end, it's uh, the more sleep you can afford. And I think that's an investment in your health. And we heard it before. It's yeah. probably the, the best and biggest investment you can make. Yeah. And sleeping is great because you dream, you recover. I think great ideas get created. You mm. digest, you learn, you become better. And, you know, all these fantastic things. So we got to acknowledge sleep. And I think um, every hour of sleep is a is a, is a good hour of your life and not a wasted hour. Yeah. Is there an ideal amount for you or that you would recommend? Yeah, I, I mean, I was exactly how you described it. My mom only needed a little sleep and I said, I am exactly the same. I have the genes. <laughs> and that was an excuse. Yeah. And I, I, I was on, on six hours on average. Now yeah. I'm on eight and, uh, and I feel right. much better. I think also there, um, you know, if you use any sleep tracker, it's quite astonishing that the time that we actually spend in bed. So if I go to bed at 10 p.m. and get up at 6 a.m., I haven't actually slept for eight hours. I spent eight hours in bed, but I probably slept if I'm really good for seven and a half hours, but more likely for six and a half to seven hours. Yeah. And then that's absolutely right. And you have to be aware of that. And probably, and a lot of the research, when they say eight hours is a, is a good number, it's actually what they measure also the time you are in bed and it's not always properly done. So read those papers, right? Yeah. Because if you really go on and then you even divide it into deep sleep phase and et cetera, True. you can be really specific and then it, it, can be, it can be less than eight hours for sure that you have enough. It probably six hours of quality sleep um i i haven't done the research properly but i would i would say six hours of quality sleep is a is, is a really good number i'm not sure if all the people would agree here but uh i think it's also very individual there's actually also a really good book why we sleep uh, yeah. on that topic i think that was like really eye-opening and and what was what is he what is his number he i think his number is eight to nine hours yeah and Which not, is quite not high. Of, not of bedtime, but no, of sleep. sleep time. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Okay. But I mean, again, you have to test out and, and, and see what's working best for you. But from his studies, that's like what he would recommend. Cool. Yeah. Cool. And in that regard, actually something that also came up and whenever I talk to friends, I'm surprised that this term is not more widely shared, but it's called circadian rhythm. So, or in German, circadian rhythmus. Um, which do you, can you explain quickly what that means and, and how you can actually accommodate for that? I know, you know, you're testing me on my <laughs> scientific background. Um, um, in general, you know, we, um, uh, a lot of hormones in, in our body actually tell us um, when is a good time to sleep and when is a good time to wake, to be awake. Yeah. And, and we know that when we party all night, and then we try to sleep during the day, then we're actually going against our own nature, even though um, if we sleep yeah. eight hours with daylight, it's it's not good. And and one is um, is actually our inner inner clock, in inner watch or circadian rhythm, which defines that with the melatonin and other hormones defining exactly that. And and then of course it's um, it's adjusted always by by the daylight. 
I mean, that's then the other effect that during uh, when it's too too bright, too too much light, yeah. uh, we don't sleep so much, and and that's always adjusting because our um, circadian rhythm. I don't know exactly how to yeah. pronounce it. It's actually not the twenty four hours. If, if if we measure that precisely, it's I think it's for most of us a bit longer. For some, it's a bit shorter than the twenty four hours, and we need the daylight to always adjust. Um, so that means we actually, if you can look at it at, like this, um, the people who have who are close to the 24 hours with their own individual rhythm, mm -hmm. they hardly ever have a jet lag. And all the others, they have smallest jet lags every day. Yeah. And uh, again, the more we know about ourselves, about our individual rhythm, the better we can adapt. Uh, you can also do... When talking about jet lag, you can adapt already to that, that you, when you move from time to zone to time zone, that you already um, um, prepare in, in the plane uh, with the new rhythm, with the new daylight and, and prepare for that sleep. That helps a lot to um, um, get um, accustomed to the, to the new time zone and have plenty of energy when you land. Well, you've done your research. That was like a perfect explanation. I think, Thanks. I think there are other ones that could do a lot better, but... Uh, that was perfect. Thanks. I think that the key takeaway here really is that try to go to, to bed around the same time and don't like once at 10 p.m. and then at 1 a.m. and then at, I don't know, 5 a.m. or something because that will really mess up your rhythm and will affect your, your sleep quality very, very poorly. Yeah. I mean, I've, that's the most important point which I didn't make. It's it's called rhythm, and so it, exactly what say I'll say. Stick to your rhythm, and and you're 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 best off. So I wonder, you, for sure, you've you've tested out things to improve your sleep. So you have any tips on how one can actually improve their sleep? Um, yeah, the the bed and the mattress, the surface you lay on is important. Um. For me, especially the pillow is is super important. I still don't know why most of the hotels have such big pillows. That's another reason why I always go to Airbnb. There, <laughs> private beds tend to have smaller, thinner pillows, yeah. which fit a lot better uh, my uh, nice. my good head position. Um, I actually invested in, in a good mattress and in a in a good bed, and it's a combination of a Hüsler bed and a special mattress, which I forgot the name. So I think. Checking that, um, and you know there are there are places where you can actually try to them. Um, mm -hmm. it, that is important. Then, as I said before, the light factor, um, uh, a super dark yeah. room helps a lot. So try to uh, be able to have a, a really dark room, and then we know now from research that actually the blue screens, meaning your your phone, your iPad, etc., if you have that in the last one hour, two hours before going to sleep that actually has a negative effect as well so yeah. put that device away right after dinner and don't start it up again till the next morning it's hard to do but good recommendation so of course you also wonder i think you texted me at five o'clock in the morning today so i also wonder how many hours of sleep did you get last night last night i went to or i tried to put my my seven-year-old one, it was her birthday party. So she was nice. tired at 8.30. Um, and then what happens to a lot of parents, they fall asleep while they bring their kids to bed. And actually last night I got up probably around, woke up around 10. I just put on my pajama and went back to bed. Yeah. So uh, I had plenty of sleep by, by five when I texted nice. you. Cool. 
I think also here, you know, it's important, like trying to get the basics right. Like don't overstress yourself. You can probably also create a lot of stress by thinking, I have to get that done perfectly, but get the basics right. Probably the 80-20 the principle and you'll, you, you have a good setup for a long life. Yeah, and, and it's no guarantee. And it's no, sure. you know, but it's, yeah. uh, um, and again, for some of us, it's super easy. They're very rhythmic people. They like to do everything um, at the same. Um, and, and other ones quite often referred as creative ones. If if it gets too, too daily life, too much of a rhythm, um, then it gets boring. Yeah. Um, I think for their wealth, and uh, for the for the health and, and the well-being, um, this this more boring rhythm-based approach is is probably healthier. Yeah. And the last point on your list is the mind. So, what can we do regarding our mind to stay stay healthy? Well, it all starts there, probably. Uh, and uh, the awareness we talked about, the knowledge, the cognitive part. Um, um, we have to be self-aware. We need to know or to be so aware of the body that without the cognition, we all know that. But I think by now, I don't, we don't, we're not so close to nature and to our bodies anymore. So the, co the cognition comes into place. So um, we need to learn. We need to, we need to teach uh, these aspects. And then of course there is it's also part of our body which we can train. And then we had meditation, we had uh, breathing. Um, mm. There is a lot of, you know, if, if you manage to go into a flow by not thinking or, or, or playing a music instrument and just not making your ne neurons fire all over the place, but just give, give them some peace of mind, as mm -hmm. the word says, which means the neurons are actually floating or flowing very regularly um, and again it's individual um, for a lot of people playing a music instrument helps um, yeah. which I unfortunately cannot do I, I love to do sports and then again that helps my mind um, and yeah I do have some some devices for meditation which actually uh, measure my my brain movements there mm -hmm. um, it, it's it, it's a game it's a test but I think um, in the end, it helps. Um, and I think um, the more aware we are also um, of that part um, of our body and, and then how much that affects our well-being, the better. Exactly. Yeah, there are also people like Tim Ferriss on his podcast, for example. He's very open about, you know, testing psychedelics, for example. I, I've never done that because it just didn't seem to be appealing to me. But uh, again, it's very individual to find out what's working well for you. And I think that's probably the core takeaway here. Health has some metrics that you need to focus on, but how you get there is really, there are many different ways to manage it. Yeah, and, and, uh, absolutely. And to bridge it back to, to, to founders um, or to entrepreneurs, um, quite often there the focus is away from health and well-being because yeah. it's just, gotta be successful and it's probably way too much on on money uh, either funding the next financing round right. or winning deals or because everyone tells you cash is king so you always look yeah. at the end of the of the week how much cash there is remaining because they tell you know they they use terms 
from from the body huh cash yeah. is is like the the blood in your system if you and and you know yeah and and it's it's dangerous i mean it's it's true but we had it before in the end um um health is is the most important and, and not yeah. wealth and um who cares if you fail with your company who cares if you fail many times as long as you can stay healthy and and avoid pain and 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 then 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 it's a rich life then yeah. it's a then it's a, a very good life and let's let's keep that in mind also as entrepreneurs yeah. um and i think there are many aspects as an entrepreneur which help you because by you are curious you want to know mm-hmm. performance is somewhere in your mind and you know use that use that also to uh, to explore to be curious about your own body about your own mind mm-hmm. and 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 try to measure and try to improve day by the day and then you you you're healthy and well and most likely also uh, more successful yeah and you know if you're still healthy i think it's perfect what you just said if you're healthy you can go out and try again if you're in pain and you fail it's almost game over to a certain degree yeah yeah i mean then <laughs> your entrepreneurial journey is probably not a, a very uh, exciting um, anymore yeah still sometimes i really wonder you know there are really smart people in the startup ecosystem i mean brilliant people that i really look up to but then still you feel like they are so smart they do so many cool things but then on on the health level it just doesn't seem to to click for them doesn't seem to to work and they don't seem to to get that thing under control is there anything that you could recommend to to these people that you know are brilliant in very specific areas but just somehow don't don't find the right the, the right angle the right spot for themselves in terms of the overall health and well-being well we we probably would have to ask them i don't think they they realize that i okay. think they're in full control of their life i would say they probably would um, consider themselves healthy um because again we had it before huh? it's when you're free of pain and you're free of disease you're f- you don't have to take any medicine any drugs i mean even even the the, the who by definition that's already health you know if right. you don't have any disease and you're free of pain then you're healthy so i would say they probably see it see it a bit that way um and but but the awareness has to come because otherwise if they get into pain or they lose flexibility or they get stressed out and so mm-hmm. then they don't have any coping strategy in place because they're not aware of it right yeah and then your life quality pretty much diminishes to a certain degree yeah and then it's hard huh then it's hard but then we can always hope that they're entrepreneurial and smart and right. can and adapt fast yeah. yeah that makes sense you know entrepreneurs they also love to track things to be metric driven whether they want it or not so there are many tracking devices out there without really having to recommend any specific device maybe we can focus on the metrics that you would focus on to measure health so what metrics do you think are appropriate to track and to focus on in that regard i mean i i always know um that comes from the sport i always know my heartbeat i always know what is my my resting heartbeat what is my my anaerobic heartbeat what my aerobic so it doesn't really i mean the the the, the resting heartbeat gives me an indication of yeah. of how well i'm i'm rested um otherwise i think um 
um, you have a lot of qualitative um, feedbacks, mm-hmm. um, uh, which I would give as much credit as as the hard yeah. measurable ones. I'm also I I do have an Apple Watch, but it's it's an early version, so there's not much tracking on okay. on myself. Um, uh, but you get a lot of qualitative feedback, which is um, when you look in the mirror uh, <laughs> in the morning and in the evening. Yep. Uh, uh, if, 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 you know, if you look in the mirror when you put on your swimming trunks for the first time in the, in, yeah. in the upcoming um, summer season, um, the way um, people comment when you haven't seen them for a long time, there is usually some comment, hey, oh, You've changed. Oh, you have gray hair, and usually that it's it's not so far from the wrinkles. And hey, you look really old, or or the other way as well. Hey, you look good. Hey, look yeah. what what happened to you. Hey, you. And I think take these um, qualitative inputs from your mirror or the other people. I'm, I'm serious, and of course, there are, there are experts in tracking device. You are one yourself. Um, use that if you know if you're more reliable on quantitative feedbacks. Use that and and again try always to be a better version of yourself. Don't compare um, these measures with others because yep. it's individual. And as long as we we see that this way and we are always competing with with our own best version of ourselves, yep. we we all be winners. Exactly. I really like the the more qualitative approach because you know you can also overtrack things and drive yourself crazy. So. Yeah. Uh, and you know, and then s- sometimes you know you, you you might specialize in this one measure because you have the device to measure it, and you focus only on that. And yeah. the overall health system is actually decreasing yeah. and has the adverse effect of what you actually wanted. Yeah. That actually brings me to the conclusion question. You know, was there any you know single big mistake that you made when being a founder in terms of your, of your health that you regret you made? Well. On the sleep, probably mm-hmm. I would say I, because there was work to be done, there yep. were kids to take care of, um, and I didn't know enough about sleep. I knew enough, I knew how important exercise and nutrition was, yep. but on the sleep, as I said, I already had the excuse with my mom only needs little sleep, so yep. I only need little sleep, and. Uh, I think I I was lucky that I I still managed to sleep, but there were a few incidents um, where I fell asleep in situations where I should not have fall asleep. Um, Some were harmless because I just passed through the the end station of the train. I should have gotten out. So I just, (laughs) it was costly and and it it cost me a lot of sleep again because that delayed my actually return home or... But there also was an incident actually already um, before the, the the journey. I would like to share that, you know, how, how deadly it could end with a lack of sleep. I was busy in the unique time and I had a, a handball event, which I run as the president. And then I needed to drive back by car and Simon rented um, or lent me his car because I didn't have my own. And I mm-hmm. actually crashed on the on the highway. Oh. Um, um, by falling asleep, and I was yeah. and I was tired. I was fully aware. I already had the windows open and and the radio full on. Yeah. And uh, you know, it's uh, I was lucky then, but I I yeah. I did not really learn the lesson. 
well, the lesson I learned is that I that I don't don't drive when I'm tired. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> that's probably, also a conclusion. <laughs> yeah, but I probably should have learned that I just need a bit more sleep. Yeah. Well, really powerful story, and yeah, I, I mean, if you focus on one thing, I think there, there's not one thing that stands out that is the most important. It's really a balance of all the different aspects that you mentioned. But if you still had to choose one, sleep would probably be the the one. Yeah, it's the most under researched, underestimated, and uh, yeah, and it's 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 an easy one, you know. Yeah. It's not f- f- changing your diet, changing your behavior on exercise. It's yeah. changing every behavior is a is a is is a big challenge. It's, mm-hmm. it's tough for us. It's it's hard. Yeah. But if you tell someone, hey, all you need to do is get two hours more sleep, right. then probably, you know, the resistance is quite low and people will do that. So let's yeah. let's let's do that. And, exactly. And uh, yeah, and it's just, you know, neglect the last hour of handy and, and, and tablet time and, and yeah. go to sleep. Exactly. So to wrap up this episode, we have some rapid fire questions for you. Are you ready? Sure. Favorite exercise at the gym or at Aurum? Pull-ups. Pull-ups, wow. Yep. Why? I think it's the, the the most fantastic single exercise which uses all your body and uh, no, it's a cool exercise. Nice. Most hated exercise? Um, um, swimming. Yeah, I, I agree on that one. <laughs> low carb or low fat? De- depends. It's no, it's not a good answer. Um, for me, for me personally, it's because I know what my diet is. is low fat. I on, on carbs doesn't matter so much. Fair point. Do you have a favorite cheat meal? Nope. And the last one, Zurich, Bern, or another city? Beal, Beal. <laughs> Thanks for giving me that. Uh, no, I'm. I mean, I lived. I live. I'm originally from Beal or a small town out of Beal. I uh, spent 18 years in Zurich. I founded Qumran in Zurich and I still have a lot of friends and contacts in Zurich and I think it's a great city. But, um, and, and you know, if the question would have been Zurich or Bern, it would always go to Zurich. Um, but Biel is, for me, the most diverse, most global city, at least in the canton of Bern. Yeah. And maybe if you look at very broadly at, at creativity, artists, entrepreneurs, special people. I think Beale has a, a lot to offer also on a national and maybe even international level. Yeah. Cool. I think that's a perfect point to end today's show. Thank you so much for stopping by. We wish you all the best, lots of success with whatever you will tackle in the future. And uh, yeah, looking forward to seeing you again very soon. Hey, thanks. Thanks a lot, Silvan. Always great, you know, listening to your postcards. And uh, now the ones we did together is probably not one I'm going to be listening to. <laughs> but uh, I hope I hope we inspired or, or triggered some thoughts um, in, in the audience. And, uh, you know, always, as I said, reach out to Silvan or myself if you have further questions, because we are happy to, to answer, to go deeper or to quali- clarify where we were not so clear in this podcast. Yeah. Perfect. Thank you so much. Talk to you soon. Talk to you soon. This episode was brought to you by Swisspreneur's main partner, Clara Business, the digital all-in-one solution for small businesses. Managing internal processes manually and on paper wastes an incredible amount of time. That's why Clara digitizes everything, allowing you to focus on what really matters, your core business. 
Go to clara.ch to find out how your business administration can be simpler, faster, and more efficient. Again, that's clara.ch.